Welcome to Design This, Beyond the Dial Line. This week, we're here with Korean-American designer, activist, and cannabis enthusiast, Juliana Rose. She's based in Southern California, uh, and she created something that will uncover the magic of cannabis with the wisdom of traditional tarot cards and an easy-to-use deck for curious and creative stoners or anyone wanting to unlock the power of their intuition. So let's bring on Julie, Juliana Rose to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. So Juliana, why don't we just um, dive right into it? What got you started with, uh, with tarot cards? So when I started working for myself, I think it was like back in 2017, coming out of ad agencies, I was working as an art director before. Um, I found that my inner compass had been really messed up and was something that I could not trust anymore. And because of that, I'm actually not even sure why it was tarot that I turned to, but I ended up ordering a tarot deck just off of Etsy and using Google, learning how to ask questions to the cards and finding answers for myself. Because I started to realize like I was looking everywhere else, but like asking myself first, like, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? And I found tarot was the place where I was able to start looking to myself first. I thought that was interesting. I, I read on the website that uh, how tarot helps with listening to yourself and listening to your inner consciousness and not so much all of the marketing and everything that we see around us, um, like in, in the capitalistic world that we live in. Can you speak a little bit more about that? I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I just feel, I feel like, especially like depending on like your intersection, well, like, I mean, all of us, white supremacy, patriarchy, capitalism, um, whether you believe it or not has messed with our inner compasses. And mm-hmm. especially if I think how we're all wired, especially like how white you are or uh, mm-hmm. might not be, or how, you know, how much you, where you fall in that hierarchy, I guess I would say mm-hmm. um, it's toxic and it really, it feels terrible to exist in a world that only wants you to be a certain way. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's scary to um, decide to not buy into that stuff so much and maybe go for what you're feeling and what you've always like felt instead. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just found like tarot was so um, what's like, how would I describe it? Reassuring, mm-hmm. you know, like that. Wow. Like, cause tarot only shows you what's already there. Think of it as like a mirror. Right. Okay. And to see like, right. This outside tool reflect these things that I like want to believe, but are too scary to believe. Um, it's powerful stuff. It's magic. Okay. So for those listening that have never done tarot before, how would you, how would you describe that experience? So, cause you know, there's two, generally two different ways people get into tarot. They get a tarot reading from a professional, right. Or um, myself, I actually started tarot, pulling tarot cards for myself before ever seeing a professional. Um, and I think it's, I actually think that's totally like a valid route to go. Cause without like a, um, referral from someone, it's kind of difficult to go to a professional because mm-hmm. uh, there isn't, right, there isn't like a Yelp. I mean, I guess maybe tarot readers are on Yelp, but there isn't the same kind of, you need a referral. I'm, I'm going to just say that you need to get a referral. So going to a tarot on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I love about tarot is there's just so, it's really whatever you want it to be. 
you know, it's like how the cards and you, your relationship, um, of course there is a lot of study, you know, and like, there's so much to learn. There's a history and using this tool. Um, so it's not perpetuating those like capitalistic, ableist, white supremacist notions on the world. That's where like the education can be very helpful. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's, it's very intimate, right? This, this whole, because I mean, most of the time you'll see, you'll see signs on the street, you know, like if you're in a, like, you know, high foot traffic area, you see tarot card readings everywhere, that kind of thing. A lot of people, especially if they haven't done it before, they kind of like shy away from it or, or maybe if they're with a friend, they might actually do it to try something new for the, for them, you know, at, like together. Where, where's the overlap with cannabis coming? So for me, it was just like, uh, cannabis is already a part of my everyday life. You know, as a creative, cannabis is super useful for me. I'm a, I have depression and cannabis has been very useful um, dealing with my depression. And mm. I just naturally found myself before I was coming to the cards, having a little ritual like smoking or, you know, uh, nibbling on some edibles beforehand. So yeah, the, it wasn't necessarily like conscious. It just felt right for me. You know, like if I need this, you know, I'm coming up with new color palettes or new ideas for clients, cannabis already fits really well there for me. Thinking of like having my perspective expanded Mm -hmm. and bringing that same kind of lens to tarot reading. Yeah. And cannabis just makes everything more fun. Right. Yeah, it does. (laughs) For sure. Because, I mean, people use cannabis for, for a multitude of things. I think you've touched on some of it already, just, in, um, like, sometimes it, it's, you know, clearing the fog or helping you see things more clearly. Sometimes it's to, you know, disconnect and relax and pour a little bit more into yourself. So what, what does a 420 experience feel like or a 420 tarot experience? Like, when you start to combine those two, how would you describe that? Uh, I would describe it as fun. I would describe it mm-hmm. as... Yeah, mind shift shifting, mind shift opening, um, really looking into a mirror and seeing those things about yourself you never saw before. Um, Mm. Right, seeing what you're capable of. It's powerful. That's, I would say it's fun and it's powerful. What do you think that people should know before they decide to try learning to read tarot cards or, or? Um, go to someone for a reading? So I would say if you're going to go to someone for a reading, you need to get a referral from somebody Mm -hmm. that you trust. Um, And doing it for your, sorry. Sorry, I was going to say, is the purpose for the referral more for comfort or for the trust factor? I just, there's, you know, I don't, I'm not, um, you know, because especially in like tourist hotspots and stuff, Mm -hmm. You know, it's some people, it's really just about making money rather than like the craft. Not that there's anything wrong with making money with tarot. You know, (laughs) that's also why I'm here. Um, But the referral is to make sure that the tarot card reader themselves has the best intentions. Best intentions and knows what they're doing, frankly. And knows what they're doing. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So getting that referral, I think, is really helpful because it's just like even with cannabis. Uh, your first experience with tarot or with cannabis, not so great. There's a pretty good chance you're not going to come back for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. And so having that first experience really be like meaningful um, 
that's why like, yeah, maybe being with friends or in like that kind of a safe environment can be so helpful, right. With either one of those. And then with learning tarot for yourself, I would just really go with what feels right for you. I would Mm -hmm. not worry so much about, you know, like there's so many like rules out there about like, you can't buy your own tarot deck. It has to be gifted to you. Like what, whatever, you know, like (laughs) if you like the tarot deck, buy yourself the tarot deck. Okay. Um, Yeah. People might say things like that. And I know it's, it's kind of like a personal intimate experience itself. I was wondering if you could share with us, um, like, even though I know some of it's personal, maybe like a story of like a before and after, you know, maybe someone who um, didn't necessarily believe in tarot or was skeptical at first and then had a tarot card reading experience and what that did for them. Yeah. I mean, I will talk about myself because I had right, always like been pulling cards for myself and um, I got hooked up with who's now been my tarot teacher now for the last couple of years, JT Perry. Um, mm. She actually runs a tarot academy, Cecilia Weston Spiritual Academy, um, which is where mm. I have been studying. Um, I got hooked up with her through Ebony Janice Moore and had, she was actually the first person to use the 420 tarot cards uh, as another person like reading for me. And the experience was so shocking, so mind altering, body altering, spirit altering that, I mean, I ended up weeping afterwards and I was left in such a different state where I knew like, wow, I've been pulling tarot for myself for years now, but I know I'm not doing what Jade is doing, which is what um, pushed me to start studying with her. Wow, that's powerful. And I love that you hinted on experience because that's the main thing that we talk about in design this and why we say thinking beyond the die line, because thinking beyond the die line means thinking through the experience of like what people experience and how you're telling that story through your branding and through your product and your messaging. So like, I love, I love that story that you just shared. And um, like that, that I think is what I would focus on for you know, how you communicate that story to people that don't necessarily know or are coming across 420 Tarot for the first time. What are some of the things that you, you've encountered as you talk about 420 Tarot to, you know, a broader, you know, mass market audience and what, what's been their reaction so far? Um, it has been interesting. So since I self-published in 2022 now, um, mm-hmm. the conversation with Tarot and Cannabis or Uh, cannabis and spirituality is very different. You know, when I first came up, when I was first starting to work on 420 tarot and I would Google um, tarot and cannabis, it was all like, whatever, Reddit threads being like, you're checking out if you're using cannabis and tarot, like this is no different than using alcohol or taking pills, which is just like, come on now. Just a lot of stuff that I felt was not true to my own experience, really. And now... I think it's really, you know, the conversation has changed a lot. And I I do want to say like 420 Tarot has had a part in that conversation that cannabis very much belongs in spiritual spaces if that's what your spiritual space calls for. Mm. That's that's a beautiful message. I think that's that's definitely a positive direction and can open people more up to the idea of tarot and, and cannabis. So recently, uh, Leafly did a great write-up on the deck itself. They were saying the the 420 Tarot deck has a funky color palette, 
and uh, the colors that they're using, the cartoonish style. Can you talk about that a little bit and, and what that, uh, like why were, what, why were those design choices made and what that does for the people? Yeah, sure. And it's actually, it's been really cool now since I self-published. Now I have, the deck has been picked up by a publisher, right? Going uh, more mass market. And I've been able to make design changes from that first self-published deck, including the color palette, expanding it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But the original deck, it was just like a pure pleasure project for me. I'm getting stoned. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm listening to LeVar Burton's podcast and I'm just drawing these cards in the way that feels like the easiest. I'm not stressed out about it. You know, whatever came out of my hand and felt right. Like that's what I moved forward with. And I feel like that kind of energy is really infused in the cards that like easy creativity um, where you're excited to get back to it. Right. Wow. Where you have, you have to, um, really plan those breaks because um, you're, it's too easy to get like, because so, I, I have uh, perhaps like a different outlook on flow than I feel like flow is like really synonymous with like capitalism, uh, mm-hmm. just grind culture in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think like uh, creativity needs a lot of breaks. It needs a lot of breaks to breathe and uh, to, to avoid burnout, honestly. Yeah. Um, sorry, I got kind of off topic no, no, there. No, I, lo- I love it. I really, I really love how you just described your own experience and how you kind of set the stage for mm-hmm. like your own tarot experience. And for a lot of those that are inexperienced in that space, they, they might not know exactly how to do that. What kind of tips would you have for someone to, you know, create that environment for themselves? Honestly, I do think that, uh, getting the deck themselves is like a great way to just experience what that might feel like, you know, um, because that magic and that, uh, that magic is infused into the deck, you are able to access it for yourself and see where it takes you. Cause I think the thing is really like everybody is so different and for, you know, someone to be like, you know, or like the listicles of like how to set a creative space for yourself or how to make things nice. I don't know. It's just, short-sighted I think because we're all so different we're all so different and what works for me is perhaps could be like a starting point um but yeah everybody's just so different you really got to experiment and see what you like for yourself I would start with maybe like what already in your life feels easy Mm -hmm. and see how you can like try to um, what other places in your life you can find that energy or replicate that energy. That's, that's a great tip. Cause I think, um, a lot of, a lot of us get wound up, especially in America, you know, in this, in this, like what, what you mentioned, the grind culture and being able to unplug and unwind and, you know, whatever that means for you, like this becomes a part of that. Cause it should feel very organic and, and not forced in any way. And that's how, that's how you get the best experience from it. If I'm, if I'm picking up on that correctly, right? Completely. So bringing it back to the deck itself, let's not sleep on the publisher. You got Simon and Schuster to publish the deck. So actually my publisher is Row House and my distributor is Simon and Schuster. Oh, I see. Okay. Row House Publishing is actually a revolutionary new publisher. Women of Color owned. The publisher, Rebecca Baruki, was actually 
I was doing some like coaching sessions with her and she had previously been published with Hay House, who is like a huge, huge spiritual publisher. Yeah, I would say like they're like the big one, whatever. I, I don't want to tell Re- Rebecca's story for her, but as you can imagine, like a spiritual publisher that predominantly publishes like a lot of white authors and um, what they might be pushing. Rebecca knew she could do better. And so she did. And so Row House Publishing is, I want to say it's like only a year and a half old and has already um, like a very solid roster. Ebony Janice Moore, the person I mentioned, introduced me to JT Perry, Juliet Diaz. I know now I'm like blanking on names, but a lot of good ones, a lot of good ones. Yeah, no, Row House Publishing sounds amazing. And what a what a connection between like the two of you, because mm-hmm. I mean, here you are a female entrepreneur in the space and being able to collaborate with other female entrepreneurs like that's I mean, that's that's just got to be powerful in general and, and motivating for others that are that are wanting to, to get into the space. What advice would you have for other female entrepreneurs out there that might have some unique ideas of their own? be very like mindful of who you're surrounding yourself with and who you are like sharing information with. Cause I think like, especially, you know, cause uh, entrepreneurs creating new spaces, they're creators, right. In a lot of ways. And people love to shit on like new ideas. Mm-hmm. They, and so you have to be really, really careful of who you're sharing um, your dreams, your ideas with, because people, you know, even like well-intentioned people, sometimes they can say the wrong thing about something you're really excited about, but it's like so new and fragile. It doesn't have like the skin to hold up to any sort of like scrutiny yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's discouraging. What do you, what do you tell yourself in those moments? Like when you're facing skepticism or scrutiny, um, especially as a entrepreneur and, and your idea is so novel with 420 tarot cards. So, so different. I literally like don't talk to those kind of people. Yeah, I only I only talk to people. Lock it out. Yeah, it's like it's. I've like heard so much of that stuff my whole life. Like it's not not anymore. Those are not the people that um, I have surrounding me. One one more point that Leafly made about the deck was uh, how it's filled with diversity. How like there's women of color and different skin tones and hairstyles and uh, other you know, minority groups represented. Can you, can you uh, speak a little bit on how those decisions were made and how that, how that happened, how that's been impacting people that are using the deck? The self-published deck to now the one with Rove House that's coming out, the diversity is actually, it's so much more. It's so much more because I had it in my mind, you know, because I care about diversity. I've always, I always have whatever, you know, like, um, I'm mixed race. I've never felt represented, uh, especially it's very easy to just like whitewash me. Um, and even with the, those things in mind, when I actually went through and like counted the diversity, you know, um, in the deck afterwards, it was not nearly as diverse as I had wanted. And it was, it, it showed like, you know, I think it really reflected actually my own social group at the time, you know, sure. I've got some diversity, but the fact is that it's still like majority white, the self-published deck. And so um, actually through 420 Tarot, my social group has gotten a lot cooler, a lot more diverse. And now with the 
new deck with Row House, if it's re- that's reflected in the cards, um, mm-hmm. which I'm really stoked about. I'm really stoked about that. Wow. So would you say that Row House kind of like pulled that out a little more to the forefront? Uh, like gave me the opportunity, right? Like it's cool to, I've had the deck for um, a couple years to the point when Row House approached me. So it was like, I really knew the cards. I had really gotten to see other people build a relationship with the cards. And mm-hmm. so I, I knew things I would have liked to change, you know, like um, I really en- enjoyed what I had with the cards, but you know, there's always those things I think as a creator, like, oh, I got another chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got that other chance with Row House. So it feels good. That's the point. I mean, that's, that's what happens when good collaborations happen. Cause you can only do so much on your own and like, you're the one like building and developing and like every day with this, with the project that you're working on. So it, it takes like a, a good partner to come in and then for you to, to then collaborate and build together to make it even better. And so it's, it sounds like that's exactly what happened. So, and, and now we're here looking at the results. So well done like this. Thank you. That's really awesome. So how did, Back to the to the the visual representation of the deck and how it juggles those narratives of like cannabis and then diversity. Like these are these are really big topics. I guess through the through the deck itself, like how how that balance happens and how like that symphony of diversity and cannabis kind of comes together. Um, how would you how would you describe that through the cards? I guess like first and foremost, I would say I, I really try to keep it fun. You know, like everybody has like goofy bloodshot eyes. Um, I don't know. It's just like, I, I love seeing the traditional because they're based off of the traditional Rider Waite Smith deck. So it's, um, which I feel like the, a lot of the cards are pretty well known, uh, recognizable in the art. And, you know, so it's basically the same of how the figures are placed, the same kind of like symbolism um but everybody's stoned and everybody has like it's either actively smoking or they're you know cannabis is alive on every single card um i'm like yeah i mean just how nice this world could be if a few more people smoked cannabis right exactly i mean cannabis enhances any experience right so um the fact that you're bringing cannabis into tarot you know i i love to see how bringing cannabis into any experience enhances those experiences and what are the effects of it so um i think cannabis like bringing cannabis into tarot is definitely a an interesting one i've never done it myself personally so i'm really curious about it um yeah but, can i ask you a question sure go ahead of course yeah what is your experience with tarot i i have no experience with tarot to be honest i've seen it uh like a vendor at a table doing tarot card readings um i actually do have a friend that is more into like personal coaching. And so she uses, she started using tarot for herself and for some of her clients. So um, I think it's interesting in the way that people are like using it as a tool. Um, And I love listening to her talk about it because she's so passionate about it. And like, there's so much to learn. It seems like it's almost like learning about astronomy, you know, like there's, there's so much out there. And um, I personally love listening to people that are passionate about what they do because I can learn from them. It's, um, and even if I'm not passionate about it myself or, or, um, not, not as, you know, interested or that kind of thing, I still love listening to them because like they're putting serious amounts of their time 
into, into learning and understanding. And so in one short conversation, I can learn from them so much more. And, you know, because they're the ones, it's the same as like back when you were in college or something like that, you might be studying one major, but you can be learning just as much from your roommate who's in a completely different major and, you know, studying so deep into their um, field, their, their wealth of knowledge. And so I think it's important to listen to people that are passionate about what they do. And so that's, I guess that's my take on tarot. I don't, I don't necessarily understand it, but um, I have, I have friends that do. And so I respect it in that way. And I've, I've never done it myself. So it's a, it's a we little should bit, do a reading. It's a little uncharted territory for me. Yeah, we should do a reading. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we could pull cards you, now or off uh, my virtual. Is, is virtual tarot card reading a, a thing? Is that popular? Oh, totally. Especially over uh, COVID. It's, it's over exploded. COVID, right? mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. yeah like so, people are, so there's even tarot cards. Huh. Yeah. Like there's people have gotten so creative. Like there's the, you know, we could do, it's like a zoom, right. We could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I'll pull tarot cards um, without the person there. And then I'll do like a little graph, cute little graphic and write up about it and send okay. it to them that way. Some people do like, they'll do audio recordings and they'll send those. Um, you know, even I have a, I haven't done it in a while, but I'll, uh, I have a show called slow polls where it was on IG live before, but I'm going to move it. Um, people, you know, the little Q and a box and they write in their, their question and I pull cards for them on there. Okay. That, no, that's, that's super interesting. I never thought about it. Yeah, COVID impacted everyone and everything. So it's, 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 it's interesting to see how it impacted tarot. Um, how would you say that that changes the, the intimacy of the experience, like doing it virtually? You know, it's so interesting because I didn't really start reading for other people until over COVID because before I had always just been reading for myself. Um, and so really aside from like friends here or there, like my partner, um, Justin May was like my first real experience of like sitting with people physically and pulling cards for them. And yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's different for sure. It's different. I don't feel like I was missing anything beforehand, you know, like, and even now, like I wouldn't feel like, oh, I really wish we could be in the same place that's probably also kind of like the person I am. Like I'm pretty cool doing things. It's a different experience, but I don't think you're missing out not having it in person. Very cool. I think that, I mean, that makes it accessible for a lot more people. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about that is it connects people from different parts of the world. Do you see a lot of like international connection between um, people that are doing tarot cards? Cause I think that's, that's kind of like what a, what doing things via video chat open the door a lot to is just people being able to interact from across the world. You think there's like cultural um, boundaries or anything like that, that people might be facing with tarot? You know, honestly, I don't know enough, I would say to be able to like really answer that. It is interesting Mm -hmm. to think about. Um, Definitely have seen like the international presence. I mean, it was very cool to, you know, mail because I when I was self-publishing and selling the deck myself worldwide you know to get uh an order you know to like France or something like that was like very cool to see so you collaborated on the story about the future 
gene splicing and finding hope in a hopeless world. And the story you posted got accepted in the New Harmony Project. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's actually so cool. Um, My partner that I uh, got into New Harmony with, uh, Christina Michelle, we actually met in this tarot academy that I've been talking about. Um, So we met in this online tarot academy and had decided to creatively collaborate together without ever meeting in person. We've only... The going to New Harmony together was only the third time we've ever actually met in person. Um, She's a writer and I'm an illustrator. So we're working on this graphic novel together. And it's cool. New Harmony Project is generally theater and like plays. So we're like kind of groundbreaking, like getting in there. Um, This new way of storytelling. We're thinking of it as like an interactive graphic novel. Mm -hmm. Um, And the story takes place 30 years in the future and the future is actually like a lot better and a lot more hopeful. And it's just been like really cool, like mapping out the timeline. So 30 years from now, what kind of events will have to take place for us to actually be in a better world? What mm. would those things look like? You know, and it's not, and it's a lot of ugly stuff also along the way, right? Yeah. That is going to get us there. But it's also, um, cause I'm like, it's hard. It's so hard to hold on to hope, you know, like it's like, they are just wanting to like pry it out of you every chance. Um, and to really try to keep in mind this like larger, larger picture, we might be losing all like the battles day by day, but like, right. We are going to end up winning this war. Mm -hmm. Um, the story has given me a, a lot to hold on to honestly during this time. Wow, that's incredible. What's the what's the timeline for that? When do you when do you plan on coming out with the Oh god, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> well, it sounds like something you're really having fun working on. Like I that's I guess that leads to the question I was gonna ask you of like what uh what the future looks like for you. Yeah, um, working on this story. Um mm-hmm. I have more decks I know in me. I'm really I've been into exploring snackomancy, which is divination through snacks or like magic with snacks, snacks right? Is, like, like, like snacks, like food snacks. Yeah. 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 Okay. I love right? snacks. Snacks are so exactly. Right. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, snacks, I feel snacks like snacks are like the two most important things that people just don't, you know, can really eat. make your day like, you know, really plus up your day. Right. Yeah. Right. We, we lose track of that as adults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really want to, yeah, come up with some sort of maybe a tarot or oracle deck, snackomancy, uh, tarot oracle deck. Um, I do creativity, uh, magic tarot readings, mm-hmm. which I really love because I do feel like I have with my creative background as an artist or a designer, an illustrator, art director, that professional experience. Plus, um, I was blocked myself for many, many years, uh, creatively blocked and honestly traumatized from a lot of these workplaces. Um, I got a handle on what creativity looks like and what the path, what the different paths of creativity are. And with these like creativity magic readings I've been doing, um, I've, yeah, there's people who haven't, who've been creatively blocked for like 10 years um, now writing stories or drawing or making videos or whatever again. 
Wow. Well, that that's amazing. This has all been really inspiring, honestly. Like hearing um yes. like your journey up until now and what you have planned coming coming up. It's it's all super exciting. Juliana, thanks for being on. The 420 tarot deck of cards is available for pre-order right now on Amazon. The website is 420-tarot.com. That's 420-tarot.com. And you can download episodes of Design This Beyond the Die Line. Look for all episodes by going to cannabisradio.com or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Until next time, always think beyond the die line. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.